Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. They got to turn the corner eventually. I know Gonzo said it's going to be in July, but I think every Sox fan will tell you that needs to start right now. Like right now. Like The, 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 the moment is here for the Chicago White Sox to start whatever run they feel like they're going to go on. It's like a bad relationship. You want to give me these excuses? Listen, I'll take you back, but I need you to change. And I need you to change right now. Because if you're going to stick in your old ways, then I'm going to I'm have to kick you to the curb. Pa'fuera is what you would say in Spanish. That's what you say. Pa'fuera. Outside. Send them out there. But I, I, get, I get so passionate. I don't know if Brian had his finger dump button for that one or not. Uh, the good he, thing about Spanish, nobody knows what you're saying. And, and the Spanish people that hear it, they just laugh. They're not going to go call uh, the FCC on you or anything right. like that. So the FCC won't let me be or let me be me. So let me see. They try to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without me. And now, live from 670 The Score and on the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. The FCC still hasn't called me yet. Thank God, nor has my boss. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. Happy Friday, guys. The weekend is here. I hope you're feeling good. But how did you feel after the Cubs lost to the Cardinals 14-5? to How did you feel? Like in your heart of hearts. They won yesterday. Felt good. Contreras doing his thing. Keegan Thompson looking like the ace that you want him to be. Then today you get a schlacking. From a guy you thought was supposed to, you know, you thought in your head. You thought going into the game, you're like, oh, we won yesterday. Now Stroman's on the mound. Papa, watch out. And then you had to play the game. And why do I keep believing in the Cubs? Why do I allow myself to bet and lose money on the Chicago Cubs? Cubs fans don't even believe in the Cubs. I guess I should just shrug my shoulders the same way Michael Jordan did 30 years ago. After smacking him six three-pointers, you know what I'm talking about in the first half against the Trailblazers. That was 30 years ago, by the way. But the difference is the Cubs aren't making the playoffs. <laughs> so they can do no shoulder shrugging themselves. And the more they play, the more they, the more we get into this season, the further away I think they are from even being competitive. Because that was the promise they told you. Well, we're working on creating a brand new window. And let me say this. As a Sox fan, that window can get further and further away from you after being competitive. 2005. And I'm tired of Cubs fans pointing that out, that it's been a while ago. And I told them in 2016, I said, don't only win one. Don't let this window be here with all this talent and you guys only win one. Because then you have zero argument when it comes to that kind of stuff. But the more they play, the further away I think they are from even being competitive. You saw it today. Marcus Stroman had a tough day on the mound. He started off great. Top of the first, struck out the first two batters, then got Goldsmith to ground out. Look good. Bottom one, you're thinking, whew, this money is safe and sound in my account. Bottom of the first, happened Schwindel get on base, and then Patrick Wisdom put the Cubbies on the board. The 2-2, swing and a drive, left center field. It's got a chance, gone. Cubs lead three to nothing. Patrick Wisdom, the former Cardinal, 
A line smash to the seats in left center. And the Cubs take a quick three to nothing lead. Pat Hughes sounded like me. Believing. <laughs> Sound excited. You just went one, two, three to start the top of the first. You go ahead and smack a three run homer. Cubs took the lead. 3-0. And then the cards got one back in the top of the second. And then in the top of the third, though, Goldschmidt, he was looking for revenge against Strowman. Fly ball, right center, trouble. Back toward the wall. That ball is gone for a three-run homer. Paul Goldschmidt goes the other way. <laughs> drives one over the wall in right center. And just like that, St. Louis takes a 4-3 lead. 4-3 lead in the third. Cubs tied it up in the bottom of the uh, bottom half of the inning off a uh, Frank Schwindel infield single, which is, I mean, this he's part of that core group that you're hoping can continue to play well. And so it's good to see things like that in the middle of a game. But then in the fourth inning, Nolan Gorman broke the whole thing open. And the 3-2 from Stroman. Here's a deep drive to right. This is going to be a long three-run home. <laughs> Nolan Gorman with a booming three-run homer to right. And just like that, it is 9-4 St. Louis. Tough. Because at that point, I go back to the the intro of the show. Why do I keep believing in the Cubs? Why am I allowing myself to believe in them? It's 9-4 at that point. Cards tacked on three more in the sixth to take a 12-4, leading to another Cubs loss. Cubs down to their last strike. The 2-2 popped up. This is going to end the ball game. The third baseman Donovan makes the catch and the Cardinals win it by a score of 14-5. I'm not even a Cubs fan and I believe you want to know because I I saw the games against the White Sox and granted the White Sox aren't playing well, you know, terrible to say the truth. But But you saw it. You see those flashes and you're like, there's some good guys on this team. They got some decent pitchers, and then when they put it together, you're fearful of them. You don't want to just – they're not a pushover team. They, they, they can compete, but it's about everything firing on all cylinders in order for them to play. And, but it, but the, the question that you have to ask yourself is, and the real one you have to ask yourself is, how often can they fire on all cylinders? And the answer is not often. The bright spots, however, Christopher Morrell, he played second base. That was that was pretty cool. I like the fact that they can put him anywhere. Yeah, he's kind of I mean, he's a utility guy. My God, he's seventeen games now where he's he's gotten on it's base. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, played second base, went one for five. Rafael Ortega went three for five, and then the 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 trio that I was saying you really you're banking on to be part of your future. Ian Happ, uh, Schwindel, and Wisdom. They each had two hits, and I, so I look at that. <clears throat> and obviously the pitching was the, was the issue in this particular game. But, you know, you had, geez, the White Sox wish they had five runs. They're down 4-1 right now, but they wish they had five runs consistently. And so the, the offense is there. There's guys that are supposed to be pitching well. Here's David Ross giving his post-game spiel. Looked sharp early on and, um, you know, I don't know whether there's lack of execution. A couple balls up. Look, went back and looked at the ball Dickerson hit. I mean, that ball was pretty deep inside. Pretty good swing. I think two of the homers were were decent pitches they hit. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly will go back and look at some tape. Um, you know, it looked like it was really sharp there for a minute. And then kind of just things couldn't, couldn't get things back on track. He just thought he turned a corner. He wasn't pitching well in the beginning. Kind of had a couple games where you're like, oh, wow, okay, Strowman's here. And then he has this dud. And the the part that concerns me, or what concerns me more so than anything else, is where the Cubs are at right now. I had a conversation last week, and I asked a very big Cubs fan, I said, but what happens if the Cubs end up in last place? Are you, as a fan, even though you know they're rebuilding or, you know, they're in that space right now, don't you feel like that's a disappointment because you shouldn't be that bad? He agreed. He said, absolutely, it would be just Cubs. Are, no, actually, what he said was, Cubs are not going to finish in last place. Papa, three, ga- three games in front of the Cincinnati Reds right now. And you know what happens throughout the course of a season when you have a try-hard team. There comes a point 
where they realize no matter how hard we try, we are just not good enough. I put a dollar every time I bring up the NBA, just like the Dallas Mavericks against against uh, Phoenix or Golden State, where they realized at that point, they said, oh, we're just not good enough. No matter what, Luka could score 50. It, Luka realized it and said, we are just not good enough. And that happens. Sometimes you just throw in the towel. Any team LeBron James has ever been on that's lost, they throw in the towel in the fourth quarter. He doesn't play. He doesn't want to play. And that's what's going to happen to this Cubs team because a couple more injuries. Now, don't get me wrong. I already see it. Brian's looking at me, and he's saying, Killian's coming up, Gabe. And I'm like, yeah. Pray to the heavens above that he doesn't get injured. Because if he does, he's a young, young – and I say it because he's a young pitcher. I'm not wishing nastiness on him. He's a young pitcher. But if something happens to him or anyone else for that matter on this roster and they become less than they are right now, they will take a tumble. They will hit a point where they're going to lose seven, eight in a row just, just because of a bad stretch in schedule. You're going to face the top teams in the league. God forbid you tackle some teams that are just, sometimes you catch hot teams. It just happens like that. But if the Cubs... Brian, if the Cubs end up in last place, are you are you gonna feel like that's a disappointment? I would love to see development from the young guys. That's not what I asked. I don't want development. Yeah, because here's how I look at it, Brian. Here's how I look at it. Because I know I know what your answer is. It's yes. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> and and here's how I look. I'm not a, I'm not a big racing fan, right? Don't do the NASCAR thing. Don't do that stuff. But I but I love competition. And my little cousin, shout out to my little cousin Ishmael. He, he races and he's like, but Theo, there's races happening within the race. And that's what makes it interesting. So once I learned that, then every race became more palatable. I wasn't concerned about someone that's 15th making it to first. I'm, I'm worried about the position game. So when I'm talking about specifically the Chicago Cubs and I look at where they're at in the standings, I, I think to myself, well, you just don't want to be worse than the Cards and the Pirates. If the Cubs finish behind the Reds, man, that would be the ultimate disappointment. I don't think that's possible, but... Don't say that. They've been baby hot lately in Reds speak. They've been baby hot <laughs> yeah, they lately. They have to have their own qualifier there. Yeah, they do. And so, but that's that's just it. And then some Cubs fans would say, well, they're rebuilding. Who cares if they end up in last? They're three moves away from, from going up there. But you know what? You know who else feels like that? The Cincinnati Reds. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, they feel that way too. Because they're always waiting for that opportunity to pounce, for that one year where they can be good, be buyers instead of sellers at the trade deadline. Because that's what you're looking at for your Chicago Cubs team. You're falling in love with these guys, not realizing that a good amount of them are going to be gone. And whether that be via trade or just not on the team next year, a good amount of them are going to be gone. Now, when you're looking at the rest of June, I mean, a lot of games against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So you're going to have an opportunity to prove yourself. <laughs> but the thing is, like, are you going to sweep the Pirates? No, you're not going to sweep the Pirates. You're not going to sweep the Reds. You got three more against St. Louis, three against Atlanta, four against San Diego, three against the Yankees. And your next series after this long one against St. Louis is against Baltimore. Baltimore's playing well. Like at the end of June, the Cubs could be in a very bad place. Go ahead, say it. But the rebuilding, I hear you. I, I, I hear the words forming in your mouth, Brian. Say goodbye to Wilson Contreras. Say goodbye to. Well, he's pretty much yeah the the last vestige outside of Hendricks of that championship era. But yeah, it's it's not it's not happening. So the question is, how far out are? the Chicago Cubs, from being a winning team. We're going to ask 670 alum and new co-host of the show on KMOX in St. Louis, our boy Chris Ranji. I wonder what his timetable is. We'll find out right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Got to interact with him a little bit. Uh, seems like a hard worker, um, good makeup, you know, real chance to be uh, everyday big league starter type stuff and continue to get better every day, so... Uh, I know he wants to grow, wants to learn uh, a little bit around him. He's pretty, pretty good energy about him. But uh, he got a good, nice fastball and uh, been pitching really well. Of course, Cubs coach David Ross talking about Caleb Killian right there. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, he is the brand new host of the show on KMOX in St. Louis. And, of course, somebody that I've been listening to my whole life, or a large portion of it, Chris Ranji. Welcome to the show, man. What's up, Gabe? Your entire life? Dude. Like your whole I think life? I'm, I think I might be older than you anyway, but. <laughs> no, there's no chance in hell. There's no way that's possible. <laughs> I mean, it's this Puerto Rican face. It looks a little young, you know what I mean? Just, people just have no idea how old I really am. Chris, right. let me ask that's you, fair. man, how far out are the Cubs from being a winning team. Uh well, I and I'm talking you know, in, and th- I'm talking in years not months. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> um because this season I actually I, I didn't think they were going to be an above 500 team really, but I thought that maybe they could be close to 500. I didn't see them as one of those teams that's like, you know, a, a 100 loss team or anything like that. But uh, I mean, you're probably looking at a couple of years, and really it's going to depend on on how free agency goes, how some of these younger players develop. I don't know how much they really believe in in Patrick Wisdom overall as a, as a full-time player, but he's got a lot of power, and obviously they like Schwindel. Um, but really it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to pitching. And the division itself, I think you really have to take into consideration. The Brewers, I imagine are still going to be pretty good for a couple of years at least I think the Cardinals are always going to just kind of hang around you know if they don't win the division they're going to be right there right they're always going to be a bit of a pain Mm -hmm. you're not going to find you're not going to find a whole lot of years where they just outright stink that doesn't happen they're usually around 500 or a little bit better so as far as winning the division goes I wouldn't be surprised if we're a, a couple of years out from that being a real possibility but the teams you're going to have to worry about will be St. Louis 
and Milwaukee, at least for the foreseeable future. I, I can't imagine the Reds are going to be good anytime soon, and the same thing's true for Pittsburgh. They just stink perennially. <laughs> they, they do. And that's why I was talking earlier about, you know, if the Cubs do end up in last place this season, you know, wondering if that's a disappointment in the eyes of Cubs fans because you don't you just don't want to be associated with those teams, even though most people would say, you know, hey, we're just a few moves away from being competitive in the NL Central. But you're right. The same. I mean, the, what do you, what do you think it is? I mean, obviously you're down there now. You're experiencing a little bit more. You're experiencing a little bit more of the culture down there. What do you think it is about the, the St. Louis Cardinals that has them in the same uh, cut from the same cloth like the Minnesota Twins, where they're just always near or at the top of their division? Well, I mean, that's the thing is that they don't they don't really take a whole lot of big swings in free agency. They're very similar to the White Sox in that regard, where they don't. They don't commit a ton of money in that way, but they'll trade for people. You know, they'll trade for guys, you know, like they did for Arenado, like they did for Paul Goldschmidt. Um, They're willing to give up assets in that way, but they don't really give out long contracts of like seven, eight years and then therefore get buried into those contracts that they can't get out and can't really do much else, which is, it's weird to say about them because the Cardinals are a team that, they make a lot of money. Like for for a a small market team, okay. relative small market, they do well. They do very very well in revenue. They get over three million fans per season to come through that ballpark. At least three million, uh, you know, tickets Paid. sold yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. So I mean, they they have that revenue, and they have just like the Cubs have. They have adjacent businesses that are tied into the team. Ah. You know, like they've got a ballpark village. Um, very similar to what what is outside Wrigley with uh, um, I keep wanting to call it Brick House, you know, like Brick House is there, and then sure. all the businesses across by the hotel and and all that stuff. And 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 Wrigley has it a little bit bigger, I think, than what the Cardinals have, but they keep expanding. The point is, they always have money to spend if they want to, but they're very careful in how they do it, and they don't really miss in the draft all that much. It's 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 not that they they always hit on on big winners, but they rarely lose in the draft. And then they develop pretty well. And I think there's a lot of luck that goes into it too. It's not just it, it's not just method for them. I mean, some of it is they get lucky. And if you just go back 20 years, let's be honest, they got very lucky with Albert. Yeah. They they didn't know Pujols was going to be that good. He just kind of came out of nowhere. And he was awesome this one spring training, and they promoted him. <laughs> and next thing you knew, you know, he had a Hall of Fame career. So, I mean, there's luck involved. I do think they have a pretty good process as well. They don't miss a lot. They don't make a ton of mistakes. And they don't, I mean, I guess the important thing is they don't miss big. And that's probably why they're always competitive. And you just mentioned Albert Pujols, a great signing, only two and a half mil, somebody that obviously he's looking to end his career there. But you weren't sure necessarily the same way the Dodgers were of how productive he was going to be. But it seems like he has a little a little pep in his step, a little spark over there in St. Louis. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, and the same is true for his time with the Dodgers, it's really the first time in his career that he's on a team that at no point expected him to carry them. Mm. You know, the Cardinals don't expect him to be a huge part of their offense. I, I think they just kind of look at it like, hey, whatever you give us, great. It's it's bonus. Um, and the Dodgers clearly were not expecting him to be a big part of the offense. But the Angels, when they signed him to that huge deal a decade ago, they totally did expect him to be a big part of that. And then obviously when he was with St. Louis, originally he was the team. Like he was the uh, the most dangerous offensive threat and, and arguably the most in the National League. So, you know, I, I think he's he knows he's at the end of his career. Uh, when you've put together a career like that, you just sort of, you know, you're playing with house money when you're in the final year. You're just, you're playing... How, however it goes is how it goes. There's no real pressure on him. So, I, I, you know, it's not like he's been amazing this year, but he's contributed. Yeah. And I think, I, I think a big part of it is there just isn't any pressure on him to do anything, and whatever he gives them is gravy. It's a great position to be in for him, especially with that team. And obviously, yeah. like you mentioned, they're not expecting much from him. But 
it's not the Dodgers. It's, it's the St. Louis Cardinals, someone who, who he respects and he probably wants to play well for. Uh, we're talking to Chris Ranji, of course, 670 vet, and now the new co-host of the show on KMOX in St. Louis. Let me talk to you about this Cubs team and, and, and who you feel might not be on the roster come trade deadline. Who, who, who are some of the top names you feel like won't be on this team? I, well, first of all, I have not heard a lot of what you all have been talking about in Chicago, at least not in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, kind of kind of been busy down here, but um, I, I don't know how you all see things here. But is what I, I feel like that's a better question for you because yeah. I, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, what 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 are you guys thinking about that? I mean. I'm, Chris, you know I'm a Sox fan. I'll blow up this whole team if it was up to me. <laughs> I just you don't blow, care. I'll just blow up the whole team, whatever. <laughs> get rid of Strowman, get rid of Hendricks, just get yeah. yourself a bunch of draft picks and everything. But I, I guess I, there's guys that I that I look at. I guess let, let's just let, let me just pluck three people and then we could just discuss them. Like I, I look at a guy like Kyle Hendricks and I ask myself, is this someone who is going to be positioned as the number two starter for the next four years on this team or is he someone that they feel like they can get draft capital for or some some I don't know maybe some mid-level guys I like I don't I don't I feel like he is the type of pitcher that needs to be in a competitive environment like a team that's that's on the verge of winning exactly right and I I would agree with that I think he's a really good candidate you're not going to trade any of the young guys because your hope is that you you know that you that you build around them um, he's uh, and there are going to be a lot of teams that are looking for pitching. Oh yeah, obviously because they. I mean, there always are when the trade deadline comes up, and you know I was doing a lot of shows uh, for the score when the trade deadline last year came up, or even two years ago, and it just didn't. It it didn't. I was surprised they were able to pull off all the deals they did hmm. with that young core. Um, I thought that at least one of them was going to hang around, and obviously that didn't happen. But I, I would I, I wouldn't imagine somebody like Wilson Contreras is is on that list. I I can't. I mean, maybe they do. I guess you kind of have to listen to just about everything. Maybe they do look at at moving Stroman if there's a team out there that wants him, even though he he just kind of got there. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Uh. I, I suppose they like what Justin Steele has done for them, and I think that's probably. But he, I mean, he's not been all that great this year. But sure. uh, but maybe he's maybe there is is something there. Maybe some other team is just looking for an arm and feels like they can get something out of a left hander. I don't really know. Yeah, uh, Hendricks is a really great possibility for them. And again, his numbers aren't all that good, but people people can look at what he's done in his career up mm-hmm. till this point. And just like you said, if he's with a contender, maybe that that change of scenery kind of thing helps him out a lot and ends up helping the team that he's on. However, I wouldn't expect them to get a whole lot in return because if you're the Cubs dealing from this position, it's not really a position of power because he isn't pitching all that well and because your team isn't all that good. But it doesn't mean you don't do it. Yeah, and that's why you you, you, you know you. Right. You might as well, at this point, get something out of it. And if they dangle him in front of enough teams and create some sort of bidding war, because that's what you're really hoping for at that point. Come trade deadline, there's yeah. two or three teams that are looking for that second or third starter in the playoffs, and they feel like Kyle Hendricks could be that John Lester, Verlander type guy that can, hey, not on my team. I hate when people say that, but right, not right. on my team. <laughs> He's not going to do or, that. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's even Robertson. Maybe it's even... You know, yeah. somebody like that, because they're, every team's going to be looking for bullpen help, too. So, I mean, what and honestly, what good is a closer on a team Zero. that's not really fighting for anything? Yeah. And I've always heard the mantra. And I wonder what you even think about this when people say, hey, well, we, we'd prefer a bunch of young guys, not necessarily some some home run guys, but 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 enough guys to where you're hoping a couple of them hit. And stick. Do you, what, what do you think about that? Kind of, or do you feel like you need to get, you know, equal talent in return for guys like Kyle Hendricks, Contreras, um, and Ladder? Well, uh, I, I, you know, okay. Tip. All right. Just generally speaking, yeah. I don't think you necessarily need to make a move just to make a move, okay. unless you're trying to dump payroll. But I don't really. 
that doesn't really seem to be the place they're in right now is that they're they're trying to shed a bunch of payroll so they could do whatever else. I mean, they kind of already done that part before this season. So I don't know if that's really the the goal here. If you're going to deal, it's that, hey, hopefully we get something that turns into something down the road because these guys are older. We don't have them under contract for that much longer. Our window isn't here yet. So whatever we do get in return maybe possibly helps us down the road. I think generally speaking, that's maybe how you look at it. Um, unless you're just straight trying to dump salary and you don't care. Yeah. Right. Like you just don't, it doesn't matter what you get. You just need to get these contracts off the books, but that doesn't seem to be the, the place they're in right now. We're talking to Chris Ranji, of course, brand new co-hosts of the show on KMOX in St. Louis. Quickly. I want to know how that's been going so far. I'm just genuinely curious as to how, how your life has been and hopefully you're doing well down there. I'll tell you what, getting up early is the worst. <laughs> it is, You're man, talking to Gabe, a former I, morning show host. You know that. I know you know see, that. See, <laughs> hey, hey, and, and your life getting up at like 2 a.m. is really bad. <laughs> but um, getting up at normal people hours, yeah. even that's difficult for me because I spent really my entire career at the score, and I spent most of my career at the score. I'm working nights. <laughs> Or I'm working in the afternoon doing updates <laughs> right, right, or whatever. Right. Or I'm, I'm working, you know. You're evenings. catching no or traffic. Recent, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like recently I'm, I'm, I'm doing overnight stuff. So like then to be just like, hey, you got to wake up at 7 o'clock now. Oh my God. That's just, it's just, to do it every day. Now it's one thing to do it occasionally. Sure. And I guess I would argue it's, it's harder to live a nighttime lifestyle and then... All right, one day you got to get up at seven. Like that's a little no tougher. I think I will adjust to that. But so far, it's the going to bed early. That's what I was just. About, I was just about to, to ask you, what time are you going to bed? Uh, I'm I'm getting into my room at about eleven o'clock. Oh, dude, and that's pretty good still. I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't think I fall asleep till about one, probably. <laughs> but but I I get in I get in there. I start the process at eleven. It's just a really slow train for me to get uh, to get to sleep. But and that's been the most difficult part. But the show itself is we're having a really good time. We we do mostly not sports. I mean, we probably spend a segment or two. We got a four hour show. Okay. There are three of us. Um, two friends of mine, actually, I, I, Kevin Wheeler, who's been a long time sports talk show host. He was with Sporting News Radio. He's been Cardinals pre and post for a long time. Um, and Amy Marks Kors, who is a she has done a lot of political talk. So we're really not doing sports We're we're kind of we're doing news of the day, general discussion, political stuff will come up. I mean, we, we talked today like inflation and. <laughs> Um, uh, what else did we talk? Oh, 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 in St. Louis, we've got a we have an alderman scandal where there were three Ooh, aldermen who have been indicted for bribery. <laughs> hey, hey, Chicago knows all about yeah. the you know the they're city like, Chris, scandals. Chris, what can you tell us about this <laughs> coming from yeah, Chicago? Right. Yeah, they're uh, like, hey, hey, I, I know you know about that. So we're we're all kind of on the same page. L- let's put it this way: every city, every major city, I'm sure, has crooked. Um, uh, aldermen and not everybody because there are some I think are genuinely trying to do good sure. and trying to help people but there are just a lot of others that are out there that are, are ready to give you a job if you get them a Pizza Hut gift card <laughs> Chris you know they're just it doesn't matter to them just just quid pro quo they love it so we were talking a lot about that today and obviously okay. you know for for it to be the first week of the show and we we had to spend a lot of it on what happened in Texas in Evaldi. Sure. And then, well, Chris, know, I mean, Chris, here's the thing, though, right? Yeah. You know that if we talk about this on this station, I'm going to get a text message in a couple minutes. So. Yeah, you're, you're going to get yelled at. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go ahead. You're no, going to no get yelled, yelled at. No, no Aldermans from Chicago. No, I'm just, but, I'm just telling you what, what no, we of course, have done. Of course. And then when this, listen, when I'm off the air for this segment, I want you to get into all the crooked Aldermen in Chicago. <laughs> Coming up next with Greg Gabriel yeah. from Chicago. Yeah. Hey, Chris, thanks yeah. so much for hanging out today, man. I cannot wait it, to get you back down, uh, get you back on the show. And then I've never been to Bush Stadium, so if I p- decide to take a trip down there, I'm definitely hitting you up so that, that way we can grab yeah, a let beer me know, man. and do our thing over there, all right? We'll, we'll go see a uh, Cubs-Cards game.
I'm a Sox fan, bro. You know, we're gonna go. Oh yeah, Sox. that's right. <laughs> All right. Wait, I, do the Sox come down here this year? I don't know. I got to check the schedule. But I'll ta- I I, I'll shoot might. you a text and we'll go ahead and, and, and look that up. But Chris, thanks for hanging out today, man. I appreciate you got it, buddy. All right. All right, man. Take care. Of course, Chris Ranji, 670 vet, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Coming up right after this, of course, we're going to talk to longtime scout, bear aficionado, Greg Gabriel. We'll see what he thinks about the team and the latest OTAs after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. I thought Kenny Moore... Uh, the nickel that we played, he plays for the Colts. Um, I thought Kenny Moore was a really good nickel. He did, did some really good stuff. Um, I thought, you know, early on we played against uh, Jalen Johnson with the with, with the Bears. I thought he was a guy that would come up and challenge you, I and mean, we had to have a plan for him. And there's a, a lot of guys that I can I can go through. But those two, off the top of my head, those two kind of stick out um, as guys that I knew were you know were challenging you know playing and play out. You think Jalen Johnson's good? It's another thing when Cooper Cup says it. He was joining the Dan Patrick Show and shouting out one of our guys. And right now I'm shouting out one of my guys. Greg Gabriel is joining the show on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, he's host of the Greg Gabriel Talks Football Podcast on the Baroom Network. Greg, how's it going? Real good. How's it going with you, man? Fantastic. Why do you think Jalen Johnson, I mean, obviously he's getting so much love from Cooper Cup, but why do you think Jalen Johnson was running with the second team for the Chicago Bears? Because he was missing some practices. So, you know, does it mean anything? No, not a thing at all. It's typical standard business operations and during the preseason at this time of the year. I, I think, you know, some people might want to make something out of it. It means nothing. Because I, because as a fan, you look at it and you say, I guess you, you, for me personally as a fan, I look at it and I say, is there character issues there? Because like, you're you're trying to think what it is, and did these coaching, did this coaching staff feel so strongly about him missing practices or whatever it is that they felt to go ahead and, and well, like, is that going to really make make a statement? Well, here's what it is. I mean, the practices are, are strictly voluntary, but at the same time. You're installing, you got a new coaching staff, you're installing a new defense, so you want to have key guys there. So when some of these guys, you know, that don't show up, then they're just going to say, okay, look, at you're not familiar with everything we're doing yet, and until you get familiar, we're going to run you with the twos so you don't make any mistakes while the other guys are going. It, it, to me, it means absolutely nothing. You know when something means something? First game of the year. <laughs> That's absolutely right. If he's on the field, then none of this matters at all. That's right. Point made. You know, it's, a, it's a talking point. It's a talking point in, in the middle of May, and who cares? Yeah. It is cool to see Cooper Cup showing some love like that. I mean, he, obviously he said he could have named a lot of people, but for him to be one of the top guys, I mean, it says a lot, especially with the additions to the defense and we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but I, I wanted to mention Justin Fields first. Everyone keeps talking about his work ethic, Greg, and they, whether it's Luke Getze, now Valus Jones Jr. But I'm under the assumption that every NFL player has that. So, so how much do you personally or value work ethic when looking at a pro football player? Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little on that, game. There's a lot that don't have a real strong work ethic, and that's why – there's one of the main reasons I could go on for an hour on this. It, the difference between 
the great players and the average players in the bus is work ethic a lot, a lot of times. I mean, yeah, talent's involved, but yeah, perfect example, Josh Allen. There was a lot of questions about Josh Allen when he came out. He wasn't an accurate passer at uh, Wyoming when he played against good teams. He looked terrible. And then, you know, he came to the league. He looked very average his first year, but he just kept working and working and working because he wanted to be the best. And when you have guys like that that have that strong football character, they are going to continue to get better. Now, what makes this season a little bit more difficult for Justin is that, you know, he was in one offensive system last year is going to be an entirely new system this year so there's no carryover other than being able to re- you know being used to reading defenses and seeing uh what what can be thrown at them but it's a new system new terminology etc and so that slows the learning process a little bit for your normal second year quarterback but i still think he's going to make pretty big strides which which would be good i think we're all hoping for that we're talking to greg gabriel former scouting director of the Chicago Bears. Who are some of the former Bears that had great work ethic that you saw? Just so we can kind of place a name to strong work ethic. Well, God, Tina Tillman, Tommy Harris, Nate Vasher, all these guys were, were, you know, gym rats. They always just worked their butts off when they were here. Uh, Olin Krutz was, you know, you hear that phrase, first guy in the building, last guy out. Yeah. He was the first guy in the building and the last guy out every single day. So, and, and part of that is just his leadership ability. So we had a lot and that's why we won. And that, that time, you know, when I was with the Bears, we got to the playoffs four times, got to a, a Super Bowl, and, and a lot of it had to do with the work ethic of, of the players on the, those football teams. I mean, those are some some good names. I mean, obviously, that's going to contribute to the su- success in the NFL. So it's great to hear those names, and that's why I wanted to hear it. So then you could say to yourself, "Okay, these guys were not just talented; they also had strong work ethic." And th- and that's something that maybe you can or cannot pinpoint during the scouting process. And speaking of the scouting process, I mean, of course, Ryan Poles walking into his first draft with the Chicago Bears. I'm curious what what your thoughts were of the first three picks: Jones, Gordon, and, and Brisker. I liked it. I think some people were surprised that they didn't go wide receiver right off the bat. But I'll tell you what, I I take my hat off to Ryan on on this because he stuck to their board and he took, he's not going to take a lesser valued player for a better guy, especially somebody that might be rated considerably higher on their board. And, and, you know, Fans sometimes get upset, you know, when you take one pick right in the first round or the top of the second round or something, and it's not at that need position. But they got to realize there's more picks coming. You know, there was another second, there's a third, then there's you know the picks later on sure. in the draft, and 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 he made those trades on day three to uh, acquire the extra picks, and I think he got a couple guys that were you know, some smaller school guys and some guys that got a lot of talent raw, maybe and might need a year, but at the same time, they, they've got value. And, and I, I can see all but one of these guys being on the 53 this year wow. and maybe the other, and the other guy being on the practice squad. That's a, that's a huge compliment to the job that Ryan Poles and his staff did. I'm, we were talking a second ago about Jalen Johnson I mean, you're looking at the addition of Jaquan Brisker and, of course, Kyler Gordon. Do you feel one or the other is going to make a bigger impact on the Bears team this year? You know, that's an interesting question. It, it's, I mean, two entirely different positions that they play where, you know, the corner is the guy on the island, and when he makes a mistake, everybody in the stadium knows it. Mm. That's not necessarily the case you know, with a safety, but I, I think that, you know, looking at tape from Jaquan Brisker, uh, the physicality of his game, his instincts, his ball skills, he's going to help Jackson, I think tremendously, um, you know, probably the best partner he's had in, in, in the back end there in the last three or four years. So, I mean, that, that part's going to be, 
very helpful to, to Jackson. It's going to be, you know, a young secondary, obviously. You're going to have two rookies starting, but they're talented, and you just got to get them on the field. Yeah, it's good to have depth in, in, in with the DBs right now, with those guys, and that's what you're adding to that defense. So it's, so it's good to see that. I'm, I'm sure Gordon's going to have not some opportunities to start if it's not at the beginning of the season, but, you know, he's going to have his shot. But Jaquan Brisker, you're absolutely right. I think you said it best. The best pairing that Eddie Jackson has had so far, at least from the tape and, and what you're expecting from this guy, you've had a hodgepodge of, of safeties alongside Eddie in, in the last couple of years. But I think, I think Jaquan is going to be able to elevate his game. And if, if, if not just for being a fresh body to create competition the way that, that Ryan Poles has, has said. Um, going back to the, to the war room, Greg, what, is, what are arguments like in the war room? Are they, are they just like friendly disagreements, or are they like full-fledged yelling matches in there? Uh, well, first of all, I hate that word "war room." Oh, and give me a, give me a better you know, one. Be, give me a better one. It's the draft room. Okay, that's boring. We're not, we're not we're not we're not at war. And when I was there, we refused to call it Heard. the war room. We called it the draft room. All right. uh, and there's a long story that has to do with Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman died when we were in the middle of our meetings, getting ready for the draft one year, and and. Uh, you know, it was called the war room up until that day. And we changed the name right away out of respect for Pat Tillman, who was good friends with one of our scouts, Teddy Monaco. Uh, but you know what? The day of the draft or the days of the draft, you really don't have disagreements or arguments. Your arguments, disagreements, discussion, that's in your meetings leading up to the draft. You're setting a plan it, it, it's very similar during the week you know you have football practice and you and you put in a game plan on the offensive and defensive side of the ball and you practice that plan and try to execute that plan on sunday on game day the draft's the same way you're you're setting up a plan of you know certain players that you want to get at certain areas of the draft and then you can have some surprises i don't think anybody thought uh, that the Bears were going to take a DB in, in, in the first round, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he falls in their, you know, falls in their lap, and they said, "Hey, we got to take this guy," you know. So I, I think a lot of people thought Kyler Gordon was going to be gone, me included. So, uh, but you got to be prepared for that type of thing, and then you know you don't waste any time making the selection, you, you know, you could have had a plan. We, we don't know what the actual plan was, assuming that the Kyler Gordon uh, wasn't there, what they wanted to do and, and what direction they were going to go. Could they have traded down or whatever? You don't know it because Kyler was there. And then they said, Hey, we're taking this guy. You jump on him immediately, jump on him immediately. Yeah, because like Ryan Pulse said, if, if my team is better than Justin Fields is better. And right. if you're de- and we've saw a lot of games last year lost in the fourth quarter uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So it'd be good to kind of have some more solid play on, on that side. So that'd be great. L- going over to the offensive side, though, I mean, they did end up drafting Valus Jones Jr. I'm just curious as, as to your thoughts on him and w- how much of an impact he can have uh, for this Bears team with Justin Fields on the center. Well, well you know, looking at it, w- when they took him, there was a kid from South Alabama that I thought, this might be the guy. His name is Tolbert. He's a you know tall receiver, fixed the Green Bay mold as an X X type receiver. He's about six two, six two and a half, and he runs pretty good. So I thought that might be the guy. But then when you and and I like Valus Jones. I had a third round grade on him, so he went just about where I had him. But then when you look at what he brings to the table as far as the return skills, uh, running after the catch, and that. I mean, he was the second passer receiver at the combine. Uh, then you got to say this is a no-brainer, you know, because he can do those extra things. Now, is he going to come in and start right away and catch 55, 60 balls? I think that remains to be seen. It, 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 receivers got to be special to come in as rookies and 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 play like Chase did last year for the Bengals. You know, you got to uh, those guys come along every few years, not every year, but at the same time. If he can contribute like Moody contributed a few years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. then that was a hell of a pick while he's learning, you know, learning the game. Same time, he's going to do things on special teams, and I think they're going to use him as a, as a gadget guy myself. I mean, he's going to play some wide receiver. He's going to play some running back. He's going to return kicks. If you notice one thing about a lot of their picks, 
they took a lot of guys who got return ability. Yeah. And were very good return guys in college. So, you know, they they went into the into the draft process process and into the offseason with nobody back there uh to return kicks. Now they got a bunch. Well, I got to say, I'm, I'm excited that you, you gave him a third-round grade because then that means, you know what, we did a good job getting him. Hey, Greg, I appreciate you hanging out with me, with me today. Looking forward to having you back on the show. Sounds good. Anytime, man. Of course, Greg Gabriel, former scouting director for the Chicago Bears and also host of the Greg Gabriel po- Talks Football podcast on the Baroom Network, and he joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670, the score. I want to open up the phone lines. And I have a specific question for my bear, because hopefully I roped you in. Gave you a little old school Greg Gabriel. Talked a little about the team coming up. But the question that I have for you, the number, 312-644-6767. I want you as as the Bear fan, like myself, to tell me the one defensive player and offensive player that you think is going to make the biggest impact. And you can say Justin Fields if that's your guy, but I want to know why Justin Fields because I don't I don't feel like he is the one offensive player that we need to be looking at to make the biggest impact. He should be, but I don't think he is. So one defensive player and one offensive player, the one that you feel like is going to make the biggest impact, I want to take your phone calls and chat with you. And then we're going to talk about Matt Nagy and what he's doing in Kansas City and how he feels about his time here in Chicago. 312-644-6767. I'll take your calls next. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 